You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 83 of the Ninja Starship. I am your host, Jimmy McKnight, and this week I am broadcasting to you from McKnight Manor. I'm going to Ohio for two weeks. I am not going to be in studio to do the live show, so I'm going to be pre-recording some stuff for you, so that way you guys aren't without a show. This is the official podcast of Power Rangers 365. As you guys know, the road to Lexington has begun. We are having a Power Rangers discussion panel March 11th. That is Saturday at 6 p.m. We don't know what panel room yet. That will be on the Lexington Comic-Con website on February 15th. That's, so that's coming up this week. So make sure you go to LexingtonComicCon.com to look for info there. Plus, we will also have info on NinjaStarPod.com and the Facebook and the Twitters and the Instagrams and all that stuff. Uh, we're doing our Power Rangers movie discussion panel. We This is this is audience interactive. We want to hear from you guys. We're going to talk to you guys. We're going to hear the theories. We're going to hear what we hope to see in this movie. What we like, what we don't like about design, about the toys, we're going to cover all of it. This is going to be an awesome panel. I'm going to be joined by my co-host Norm Larkins and longtime friends of the show, Aaron Coney and Michael Campbell. We are so excited to be able to bring this to you guys live on Saturday. Again, that's Saturday, March 11th at Lexington Comic Con, 6 p.m. We are right after the Austin St. John panel and right before Jay and Silent Bob get old. So you guys, you, you have plenty of time to check out our panel and then go get in line for Kevin Smith. We are sandwiched by Titans and I could not ask for better than that. In this episode, I revisit an interview I did with David J. Fielding, who voiced Zordon in season one of Mighty Morphin. Power Rangers. This interview I did is about a year old. It's before the order was announced, and we are actually talking about his writing projects and experiences that he had filming Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the things he went through with Zordon. It's actually a really amazing story on how he was able to do what he did, and then they were able to carry it on for so long after. It's a very interesting story, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, David J. Fielding. Ten, nine, ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up, Ranger fans? This is Steve Cardenas, a.k.a. Rocky the Red Power Ranger. Hey, this is Eugene Clark from George Romero's Land of the Dead. Hey, this is Jason Font from Power Rangers Time Force. Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Man. And this is Ming Chen, also from AMC's Comic Book Man. You are listening... And you're listening to... The Ninja Starship Podcast with Jimmy McKnight. My favorite podcast. It has begun! Oh, yeah! You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole is. So is your writing geared more towards horror style, or I'm, I'm, unf- I'm unfamiliar with your work? How, what, what kind of style do you write in? Uh, well, I, I have I have an eclectic taste, so I, I write in a number of genres, uh, basically under the umbrella of what I call speculative fiction. It's, it's that sort of what-if kind of genre so i have a number of paranormal stories i i've written superhero stories i've written um uh like uh pulp noir stories um let's see what else uh i I wrote some zombie stories uh so any anything that's 
that any geek or nerd would be into. That's the kind of stuff I write. So, That's us, uh, man. We're there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, preaching to the choir. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I grew up loving all that stuff. So I, I've been a fan since I was like four. So, uh, anything that's related to science fiction, uh, superheroes, uh, weird West, any of that stuff I I'm into. So where do you kind of, where do you look for your inspiration for your work? Since you kind of dabble into everything, where do you, where do you find your inspiration to say, all right, I'm going to do this superhero story or I'm going to do this zombie story. Where does it come from for you? Um, uh, quite, there's a number of different sources. I mean, sometimes I'll read a headline and, and that will spark an idea or I'll see something driving and that will start uh, uh, the creative juices flowing or something. So um, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, uh, let's see. Well, caught you off here, guard, Zordon. Here, here, here in Austin, we have a highway called 183, and uh, I, I just recently started thinking that, that there's an interesting story uh, that involves Highway 183 uh, and has sort of a uh, paranormal aspect to it about because uh, Austin, like any other larger city, has a uh, number of homeless people, and so I, I wonder – you know, start thinking about what would it be like if if the homeless people that live under Highway 183 are actually there, protecting us from hidden threats that we hmm. don't know about. So that's, that's cool. That's like a so that's the thing that's you know sparked my uh, imagination, and, and that's something I'm working on right now. Were you always a fan of comic books? Oh yeah, uh, my mom has a story about me. We we uh, my father was in the air force and my mother is English, so we lived over in England for a while. And uh, the house that we lived in at the time had a staircase leading to the second floor. My mom tells a story about me having to use the restroom and running up the stairs, uh, singing at the top of my lungs the the Batman theme. You know, <laughs> Batman. So <laughs> yeah, superheroes have always been a part of. of <clears throat> Na, 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 piss break. Exactly. <laughs> I awesome. noticed that about you too, though, because <laughs> when I, we became friends and stuff on Facebook, I expected to see a lot of Power Rangers posts, but you weigh in on everything Marvel, everything DC, like Guardians. I'm like, David, what does he know about that? So that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, having grown up with that stuff and, and being told, like so many of us, you know, by parents or authority figures, hey, you know, you need to put that stuff down, start, yeah. you know, taking part in the real world and it's really nice to be able to see that stuff being taken so seriously and sort of been given the validation that yes what i was into and what i was reading is is legitimate so it's very cool to be see that happening right now one thousand percent yeah things have really taken quite a switch you know right. i think 20 years ago like you said you know it's like put that down yeah. Put them funny books down and be a man. Right. You know, well, now it's like, hey, you can actually go work for a comic yeah. book company. That's a respectable job, son. Yeah. You know, right. like you didn't hear that 20 years ago. I mean, ago. even my dad, he's <laughs> jealous of like, he's like, you're, you're not even 30 and you've been around some of these places. And I'm like, because of Power Rangers. I was like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, for the longest time, it was treated with such. Um, with either low budgets or wasn't taken very seriously or the, the you know, the cartoons and, and that stuff really didn't really capture what what all of us were into. And, right. and now to finally see all of that stuff really be uh, given the, its, its due is, is really, really nice. I am Zordon, an interdimensional being caught in a time warp. 
With that being said, uh, are you a fan of any of the TV shows that are currently running right now? Oh, I, I like all of them. I'm I'm so bad about watching TV shows. I, <laughs> I spend so much time at my computer uh, writing and stuff, so I hardly sit down in front of the TV like I used to. Um, but uh, I my friend Curtis Crick is is one of the special effects artists that works on The Flash, and so uh, oh, I try to cool. catch that when I can. Um, uh, Supergirl, Peggy Carter is awesome. Uh, the Peggy fact Carter. that that the studio is is putting effort into doing a period television show is just fantastic. I mean, if they did something that was with the invaders and the Howling Commandos, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'd be giddy like a kid on Christmas. That would be awesome. But um, yeah, any, any anything that of that of that genre, I really like. I mean, I, I like to poke fun at the CW shows because. Mm-hmm. Um, the CW network is the network of the pretty people and every, every <laughs> uh, uh, all of all of the people that they cast in those sheen shows seem to be like, wow, you guys are genetic, genetically perfect. Right. Right. They get beaten with- for information and they don't bleed. Right. Nothing like that. I'm in love with like three women off two shows. I'm like, <laughs> every, they introduce someone else. Oh, my God, I love her. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's that's. Why I love Gotham because Gotham is like, oh, they have the ugly people. That's awesome, you know, because they they really sort of capture the the odd look or the, or the this the yeah. off angular faces and stuff like that. So I think that's really it, cool. it's funny though that you mentioned the CW because when you're talking about your current project you're working on about the homeless guys fighting each natural stuff in Austin, first thing I thought of was CW. I can see this be a CW show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, I mean, what kind of what what's your convention schedule looking like this year? I mean, you got a lot of dates planned for uh, uh, promoting your writing work, or, or what's going on? Uh, there's a, there's a couple of the coming up. I'm, I'm going to be on Odessa in March uh, and in uh, Weatherford in April. Uh, in June, I'll be in Phoenix and uh, Power Morphicon in August, and and I think there's some other things coming up, but they haven't been finalized yet. Right on. Um. So, being a fan of like early uh, uh, Tokusatsu, is that how they pronounce it right? Tokusatsu. I think so. Um, you know, like uh, uh, Johnny Sacco, Ultraman, Godzilla. When you Gigantor, got yeah. gigant, yes. And you being a fan of that stuff, when you got the call back in was it ninety late ninety two, early ninety three to audition and, and actually got the part for Power Rangers, how stoked were you? Uh, well, when I got called in for the audition, uh, I really didn't know what the what the show was all about. I, I was just um, my friend uh, who I had gone to my undergraduate college with, Stacy Fish. She was uh, 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 an assistant uh, director uh, working with uh, the Saban Company, doing a lot of their like directed video movies and stuff like that. And but she was also uh, uh, the assistant or not assistant director, but assistant production manager, something like that on this pilot that they were shooting, mm-hmm. um, uh, which turned out to be, uh, uh, the pilot for power Rangers, which when I auditioned for it, it was called, uh, Dino Rangers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, Hey, they're auditioning for this part. And I think you'd be really good for it. Once you come down, and I said, sure. And, um, so I, di- I didn't really find out what it was going to be about until, uh, I got to the audition and they told me about it and uh, I got this huge grit on my face to think that oh man <laughs> if I got to be on a show that was like Spectre Man or uh, Ultraman or something like that I would just be like wow that's that's awesome and uh, to know that you know the character 
was sort of a Professor X type, mm-hmm. and then the show when it ran uh, initially ran on the network, it ran in the same in the. I think in that in that Power Hour, it had Power Rangers, and then they had the X Men cartoons, and I was like, oh, I'm on the same channel with the X Men. That's freaking <laughs> that's awesome. So real. Yeah, that's so. badass. We're going to start taking your calls. Uh, call in and talk to Zordon, 1-248-579-5295. While some callers are coming in, um, how did it feel to you know play such an iconic role as Zordon? Um, well, it, it's kind of a blessing and a curse in, in a way because uh-huh. uh, the, way the, the, the way that they did the character was that, of course, it's just his head. It's just his face. So... Um, there wasn't a whole lot I could actually do um, with the initial pilot script that we had. It was basically just um, a lot of exposition telling the characters who they were, what their powers were, and stuff like that. Uh, and then, again, the way that they used the characters, they never filmed me again. They just recycled that footage over and over. So uh, all I could do was to go into the recording studio and try to imbue the lines with the same sort of mentally and fatherly tone that uh, was associated with the character. Yeah, they definitely stayed within budget by blurring out <laughs> your mouth and, and all that so they could just kind of use it over and over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look behind you at the viewing globe. Your doubts will be answered in the images you see. Well, we got our first caller. Uh, caller, go ahead. You're on the air on the Ninja Starship. Hi, it's Kevin. Kevin! How you doing, Kevin? Yeah. I'm doing good. How are you guys? Pretty good. You're on the air with Zordon, Mr. David Fielding. What's your question? Um, I had to know, uh, what was the best uh, life lesson that you gave to the Rangers? Hey, Kevin. Uh, what was the best life lesson that I gave to the Rangers? Um, yeah. Uh, basically, to uh, to not give up, to, you know, to always uh, rely on one another to uh, help each other get through. I mean, that was, for me, one of the great lessons that the show had is that it wasn't just about one person it was about a team standing together and facing down whatever whatever came their way so i i think the 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 best message that zordon ever you know gave them was like you know trust in your friends and and just don't give up wow that is that, that is definitely awesome i think that was kind of like the embodiment of the movie in a couple episodes too because like they would lose contact with you or you were damn near dead mm-hmm. and they had to you know kind of figure it out on their own and trust that what you taught them could get them through so i think that's, that's mm-hmm. well said david yeah very well said thank you all right thanks kevin all right <laughs> let's see uh did you kind of feel a sense of responsibility to the character, being that it was such a mentor and, and father-like figure to these rangers? Did you feel a sense of responsibility, you know, delivering those lines that, you know, they had to have that ambiance to them? Um, well, at, at the time that we were doing the show, I mean, um, at, at that point, I don't think I was aware of the sort of impact that the character would have. Uh all I was doing at that time was trying to uh, to uphold the, the the long line tradition of characters that would uh, you know be the support system for the hero that would actually put himself in harm's way. Um, you know, there's there's all uh, that type of character is, is all the way through literature and, and through myth and and through other uh, superhero shows too. I mean, so I just tried to do as my best to 
create that same sort of here's the guy that believes in you. Here's the guy that that says I chose you for a reason. So I believe in you and you should believe in yourself. That that's that's what I always tried to to put forth when I was doing the lines in the show. When you got booked in the show, did they give you any kind of info on the background of the character? Or did you kind of learn about his history as a show went on as the viewers did? Well, uh, to be honest, I mean, I don't remember them ever ever really telling me uh, the, the history of the character. The only thing that I was ever told was that uh, 10,000 years ago, uh, he and Rita were involved in a war together and they mutually – uh, exiled themselves to these these places. She trapped him in a time warp, and and he exiled her into the dumpster. And that was basically the background. There, were, uh, as far as I know, there wasn't any discussion uh, about where he came from, how he got these power coins, how he uh, how he was just waiting for the right time, you know, to give these powers to these to these kids. That that was never really discussed. So, uh, you know, I, and I'm not sure if it's out there in in question. Can, canon history or not but i mean that would be an interesting thing for them to explore but you think you think that's something they'll explore in the reboot um it's interesting because uh zordon is uh um something that's unique to the american version of power rangers there's not a zordon equivalent in the uh sentai series i mean the the series that power rangers was taken from they have barza which is uh sort of like a wizard character (laughs) who who helps them but uh there is no Zordon character, so um, uh, there. If if they do explore the character in the reboot, it'd be interesting to see if they they show some of his background or whatever. Yeah. Did you uh, did you get to check out the uh, fan film Zordon of Eltar? Uh, yeah, I was actually a part of that. How? Oh, well, there I, there I go. <laughs> I, I knew that. Actually. Well, thanks for saving me. <laughs> what? Uh, forgive me, but what what part did you play? Uh, I was the voice of King Mondo. Okay, okay, right on. Um, how did you feel that that you know explained the the origin story? Did you did you like where they went with that? Uh, I thought Cisco did a really amazing job with that uh, that thing. Uh, for somebody who has no money uh, but uh, an amazing imagination and uh, a will to to make it happen, and to have all those people join in and help out, and uh, the special effects and and just sort of like explore uh, an aspect of the you know the first couple of seasons of power rangers that was never talked about before i i, I thought i thought it looked great I, I was i was you know i had a grin from ear to ear when i was watching it and i was going oh this looks awesome <laughs> you know and and the fact that that zordon himself was a a, a physical character a fighter I, I thought that was very cool too yeah that was awesome they showed that he was you know not just a, a head in a tube the whole time yeah, and and I I think they did a good job as far as like uh, trying to uh, maintain the balance of here's a guy who is physically capable, but he's also much more of a uh, uh, intellectual and spiritual guy too. I mean he he's um, and and there's there's a great uh, tradition of that in martial arts too, as of. Uh, the fighter who is um, really good at what he does, but won't do anything unless he's pushed to the to the ultimate extreme. And and uh, I think that's that's another lesson that Power Rangers always taught. It's like you know, it's it's the bigger man who's able to to walk away, um, and only fights when he actually has to. And and uh, Power Rangers is always a um, a show about people who are willing to defend, not to attack. 
And um, so I, I think they did a really good job of like maintaining that uh, aspect of the of the character. I do too, because even the Rangers themselves, they never morphed till they absolutely had to. Yeah. You see them fighting the putties by themselves, and only till they were you know overcome. With, uh, yeah. with adversity, <laughs> that uh, they were able, you know, then they had to morph and, and finally do it. So they, think, they did push that to the end. I think we even yeah. got that as kids too. Yeah. So you've been chosen to form an elite team to battle Rita. Each of you will be given access to extraordinary powers drawn from the ancient creatures you call dinosaurs. You know, a lot of you, it's it's cheesy in in one aspect that you know they they have this code that they live by, but at the same time, I think it's a very important lesson that you know, um, patience and and um, being able to stand in the middle of adversity is is a very admirable trait. So. It used to drive me nuts when I was a kid that they didn't beat up Bulk and Skull. I'm like, you let them pick on me every day, knowing good and damn well you could kick their ass. Just end it. Right. But I mean, <laughs> they were teaching me. So yeah, I just love that the, that those two characters are the ones that continue on since so many of the series. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. They tie the well, whole universe together. Shout out to Paul Schreier. I think he's oh, the yeah. record holder. Yeah. Oh yeah. For Ranger. most episodes, he did like I think he did original. <laughs> part. No, not even Skull. Bulk. Who's the yeah. fat one? I yeah, the fat one. Bump, bump. Yeah, but he it's, did. Um, it, <laughs> I love it. It's it's great to see the arc of those characters because they they have the greatest arc of any of the characters in the show because they start off you know as as these immature <laughs> right. bullies and stuff, but at the end you know they're they're just as heroic as the Power Rangers, and so that's that's a great character arc for those guys. They did a lot of different changing in that series. Just the, I mean, they went from punks, like you said, to cops. They helped out in the movie. They worked and they for were Tommy. working for Tommy yeah. and Forever Red. <laughs> and then he's back doing crazy things in Samurai. It's just like, man, these guys. Yeah. We're still taking your calls. One two four eight five seven nine five two nine five. Call in and speak with Zordon himself, Mister David Fielding. A uh, little known fact. Uh, you actually, Zordon wasn't the original name of your character. No, that is correct. You, it was Zoltar, correct? Correct. Uh, the uh, in the original script, uh, the character was called Zoltar. Yeah. Why did they change that? Um, well, I think somebody pointed out while they were on set that Zoltar was also the name of the um, fortune telling booth from the movie Big, <laughs> and so. Um, they, they didn't want to get into any sort of like copyright issues and stuff, so I think they changed it because of that. When you did the the voiceover work, did you get to work with uh, what Scott Page Pactor? No, no, um, Rita Barbara Goodson. Oh, Barbara Goodson. Yeah, yeah, Barbara Goodson. Did you get to work with her at all, like face to face, or or no? Uh, I think there were a couple of times when we passed each other in in the hall, and and uh, there were a number of times when uh, a, a couple of us were in the booth because we also provided. Uh, background noises and, and grunts and stuff for uh, monsters and the putties and stuff. I, I remember being in the booth with a couple of the other voice actors, um, uh, Richard Horvitz, most notably the guy, the guy who voiced Alpha 5, and we would sit there and we would do putty noises, you know. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I, uh, Barbara and I have talked uh, quite a bit over the last couple of years since I connected with her back in 2014 uh, at PowerMorphCon. Did you ever cross paths with uh, Brian Cranston? Uh, no, unfortunately. I think I think he did voices after I had already left L.A. Oh, okay. Billy Cranston. That's what <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. That's right. It. 
Um, so how many episodes did you voice Zordon for? Because I know it was eventually taken over by uh, Robert Manahan. Correct. Uh, I did uh, voices for 31 episodes. 31 episodes. Okay. Calamity Kimberly is the last one I did voices for. Okay. I remember that title. I have no idea what the episode is. Right. I know it's got to be somewhere around that that two-parter Doomsday with Tommy. (sighs) This is my favorite episode. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Right on. I have an old friend. That's it. Uh, And and they used your face for the whole time, though, correct? The entire time? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, all the way up until Andrew shattered the tube, they used my face. Wow. So how weird was that to see your face with someone else's voice coming out of it? Did you ever have any animosity? Like, I could do that better. <laughs> I'm Zordon. No, uh, no actually, I, I didn't. I, I, I thought it was very... Uh, well, after after I left a, I, L- L.A., I, I sort of lost touch with the show and, and didn't... I, I was off doing some other things. I was uh, doing acting in Pittsburgh and doing voiceovers and getting into video games and uh, uh, starting to write some more. So I sort of lost touch. It wasn't until like 2008, 2009 when I started to get uh, uh, friends on, on Facebook saying, hey, I had somebody who was asking about, you know, where, what's going on with the show and then digging into it and finding out that it was still going on. I was like, oh, wow, this is really interesting. And then um, uh, it was a little um, disappointing uh, to know that, you know, my face <laughs> was on so many toys and trading cards. Yeah. And I, I never saw a penny of that. So, Ugh. I mean, it was uh, – but at the same time, it, it's also very um, humbling uh, to be part of pop culture in that way, to, to sort of like be a part of um, – the nation's collective consciousness and and so you know uh the money the money doesn't really matter it's just you know being you know the fact that the show and the characters uh had such a positive impact for a lot of people i think that's that's made me much more richer than i deserve so well, you still won. I mean, even though, you know, it wasn't your voice anymore, it was still your face. So that's what everybody remembers. It's, oh, you're that's Zordon. very true. You are Zordon. I got yeah. a question, though. Um, so you didn't have to go back in and reshoot because I don't know if you guys watched, but, like, in Mighty Morphin, it was just a flat, you know, two-faced kind of thing. But as, like, Zeo came around and stuff, mm-hmm. the head, like, evolved more. It and you, like, saw it better, more 3D yeah. and stuff. It was actually really cool. Right. I, I think they were very smart when they when they filmed it because the footage that's used in the show is the same footage that we shot for the pilot. And they shot uh-huh. me uh, from three different angles um, so that they could cover enough of the footage. Um, at the time when they when they did that, I wasn't aware of why they were doing that. But uh, once the show got picked up, and they you know, I was like, "Oh, great! When do I report to set?" And they're like, "Oh, well, <laughs> uh, we, we've already got all the footage we need of you. We're not going to." I was like, "Oh, that kind of sucks." Um, but yeah, and and as the film technology and as the budget for the show increased from season to season, they were able to take that footage and manipulate it digitally so that you could see him from the side or or see more more of his head rather than just the the flat front that they showed in the first season or so. Did you get to spend any time on set interacting with the Rangers? Uh, no, uh, I actually, uh, after, at the beginning, uh, I think it's early 93, uh, I was still looking for work, and they, I actually got hired to work at Saban in their mailroom. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, but And that, that's how I got to visit the set. But uh, none of the actors were actually there the day that I visited the, the Juice Bar set. They were all out. 
uh, in some park uh, kicking putties in the face or something like that. Cool. Did you ever think about going and getting your job back at the mailroom so you could answer your own fan mail? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't think that many Love people it. write <laughs> fan mail to Zordon. Uh, uh, I think Jason and Kimberly and all the other rangers, they get fan mail. Zordon just gets you know the random email every now and then. <laughs> That's so funny. I applied to Saban Brands for a graphic designer job and I didn't yeah. get it either, so I just, the irony in that, but yeah. <laughs> whatever. What well, is still such like a hugely loved character? I mean, uh, d- did you see the cosplay? The guy that uh, did your cosplay at what? It was Morphicon Morphicon. fourteen. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Nelly boy. Uh, yes. Uh, I actually, when he came over, uh, I said, do you, "Would you mind if I wore it?" And he he got this big grin on his face and he took it off. And <laughs> Uh, I put it on and did the voice, and he freaked out. And uh, so, nice. yeah, there's a, there's an image of that out there somewhere of, of me wearing it. But yeah, it was great. It was awesome. David's like, do you mind just standing at my booth for a few hours? <laughs> <laughs> he put some work into that man. That was imaginative. I mean, he had all the toys yeah. and yeah, that was perfect. All the flip heads. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because you know, I, I, when I think about it, it's like oh, that, you can't cosplay Zordon. How do you cosplay that? And he, you know, he came up with this fantastic idea of you know all the Rangers down in front of him and stuff that was great you could cosplay the movie just like paint your face white and then put a big trash bag over your body tater sack lay there <laughs> get my drake sweater on so do you follow uh the original sentai series at all are you are you a fan of, of any of that work coming out uh, I've seen I've seen a bit of it, yeah. I mean, uh, I was a huge Ultraman fan uh, when I was growing up. So I mean, um, I, I I don't. Again, I'm so bad at at, at watching series all the way through. I, I'll catch an episode here and an episode there, um, but it's always so cool to see you know the different takes on it. And and uh, it's been on what? How many seasons have they done the Sentai now? It's been since 1976 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there was like, what, I think, f- what, 15 or 16 before Mighty Morphin? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, so there's so much of that stuff. And um, it it's really great to, to see uh, how it changes from year to year. There is a lot of similarities between like the early uh, Tokusatsu and and uh, you know Power Rangers. Like even when you look back at Johnny Sacco with the the missiles that came out of the finger of, of Johnny yep. Sacco's robot are the same that come out of the fingers of the Dragon Zord. Right. So it's like they had the right formula and it was working. And then the moment that that got brought to America, it, it just exploded. I mean, yeah. at least in the way it did. Like well, they had Ultraman, they had that stuff. We saw that, but it didn't really connect till you saw the kids. Yeah. That's when it was like, oh, this is for me. I'm all about this. Yeah. And that's right. the, you know, the phenomenon that ensued after. And I think one thing that we did, maybe even better than them, is like over there in Japan, they just change them out every year like we do mm-hmm. now. But back then, we didn't do that. Like We right. had the same teenagers that we fell in love with, and they just got new powers, and it evolved. But it was still the same people that we love, and I think that was instrumental in our success. rather Ooh. than Because from the beginning... They had just been cycling them out every year. We mm-hmm. never really would have fell in love with a Tommy or a Jason or a Zach or you know, Right, I mean? especially how they uh, converted uh, Dire Ranger into yeah. the second season. Exactly. And it's like, do you think that if they would have changed those costumes, every, we would have, yeah, we would not have, have, yeah. have kept that love for them. Yeah. It's like, well, this is and new. It was probably too like early to do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. What are your feelings on that? Well, uh, I do like the, the, the aspect that they change them out periodically uh, because yeah. I think what the message that sends is that Hey, you could be a Power Ranger too. Right. Uh, 
you know, it, it's it's sort of you know the passing of the torch uh, uh, kind of thing, and and bringing as many people into the family as possible. So I, I think that's very cool. But uh, you know, it's a good point that. Um, uh, Getting back to to comic books and superheroes, I mean, because uh, <laughs> when you talk about Captain America, Captain America is Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. and um, when you change it, and I, I love Sam Wilson. I think Sam Wilson is is a is a badass character, uh, but when you say Sam Wilson, Captain America, it's, it's not really Captain doesn't America. have that same right. oomph behind it. So uh, when you when you say Red Ranger, you know. Yeah, Norm, you know the name Jason immediately pops to mind, or Rocky, you know. So right, but even just there, yeah, the iconic, you know, Red Ranger period that's lasted throughout twenty something years. Like it's an honor to be the Red Ranger now because you know what it means. You know what it represents. Right. I, I do think though that switching them out every so often helps has helped continue this franchise for so long because you get these new viewers coming in and it's you know. This form of the Power Rangers team, that's my team, you know, and yeah. so it's very like me, like my team's the original lineup, you know, but yeah. I've seen I've seen bits and pieces of, of stuff beyond that, but still, you know, the Red Ranger, the, you know, I, it's the original lineup I always think of. Yeah, me too. Me too. And that's, so. that's the one I connect with the most, too, and it's always my favorite. Every time I see something with Rangers, I'm like, it's them first, you yeah. know, yeah. no matter what. I, I love, don't get me wrong, there's other seasons that I absolutely loved, like Zeo. Okay, Zio was phenomenal, but it didn't have that same nostalgic feeling that Mighty Morphin had. Yeah, you, know? you ask anyone who's between like 32 and 27, and they're all going to say that they wanted to be Tommy and they wanted to marry Kimberly. I used to fight you know? kids on recess to play Tommy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, there's always a debate too. Who was was he better when he was the Green Ranger? Or was he better when he was the White Ranger? Which is you know? clearly the Green is the answer to that question. <laughs> but um, that's so funny though, because I think that's like the frustration of every like new ranger after that because I'll be like yeah I work with the Power Rangers I'm mainly the blue one Billy I'm like oh no, no not no, Billy no, no. Oh, Zach well, like see, no not Zach <laughs> that, that's I, that's I think is another aspect of Power Rangers that, that doesn't get talked about a lot is that um, the fact that they were five different colors um, you know people make fun of that and, and College Humor did that that wonderful thing about Zordon being a racist and, and <laughs> I wasn't going to bring uh, it up <laughs> So, but uh, what I what I really like about it is the fact that uh, it, it could be it could be anybody under those helmets, anybody under those colors, and so what that tells people is that you know we're colorless. We're, we there are no lines, there are no distinctions. It's it's we're all Power Rangers, and yeah. and I think that's that's a message that gets overlooked a lot. Yeah, but it's a phenomenal message too, especially for young kids. You know, yeah. like when when like we were saying earlier, when you watch this show, especially at our age, it was so influential that, you know, and the 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 whole message of teamwork was so profound in the entire series. You know, they really did emulate that to everybody. And it just showed you to be friends with anyone, you know. Right, right. Because like, the, the original Power Rangers team was so diverse in who they were. They kind of had the, the nerd. They had the jock. But, they had, you know, they had the, the pretty girl. They had the smart girl. But it was all just them together as best friends. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. uh, last year, last year about this time, I think that's when uh, Adi Shankar and Joseph Kahn did their uh, dark and gritty 
the Power reboot. Slash Rangers film that came out. And um, the one thing that I think that they got right about that film was that if you want to defeat the Power Rangers, you take them out one at a time. True. Because if you try to fight them as a team, you're never going to win. Right. I never thought about that. Me neither. Until you said awesome. that, oh my god! That just made it that much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> like the strategy is all wrong, Zed, Rita. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's always about we, you know, and and Bulk and Skull the same way. It's we need to find out who the Power Rangers are. It's not like we need to find out who the Blue Ranger is. Right. Uh, it's it's you know if once you can if you try to confront them as a team, it's lose. over with. You're you're going to lose. I mean. That's Megazord power and you're done. That's been proven <laughs> week after week, episode after episode. 800 yeah. plus episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the same formula and we ate it up like Apple every day. Yeah. Same thing. You uh, you previously... What, 10 minutes? Okay. You previously mentioned... Uh, we had a, you had a passing of the torch moment. Did you have one with uh, Robert Manahan when, when that switched? Or how was, how was the transition from your voice work to his? Um, that was all, that was all handed behind the scenes. I, I never met Robert, unfortunately. Um, uh, but uh, I, I thought what he did with the character, trying to to match the the same type of tone and and uh, the bass quality that I had in the voice, I thought he did an awesome job. But that was all handled behind the scenes. I, I never met him, unfortunately. Right on. David, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on, sir. Thank you so very much for uh, oh, for being on and, and talking with us. It was great to have you on and hope to do it again very shortly. Okay. Um, before you go, give everybody your uh, your information on how they can uh, find you, what uh, what you're going to, you know, cons and everything like that. Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Zordon2012. You can uh, follow me on Facebook at Zordon2012. Uh, my Instagram is DJFZordon. Um and that's where I'll post all information about upcoming appearances, uh, stories that I'm working on, writing, uh, stuff that's getting published, and that's how you can get a hold of me. All right. It was a dream come true to talk to you, sir. Thank you very much for being a guest. All righty. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Again, no live show this week or next week. I will be delivering pre-recorded stuff for you. Next week, I have a surprise. I will not let it out just yet, but we have some more announcements coming. Until next week, please check out the website, ninjastarpod.com. You can email us at ninjastarpod at gmail.com. The Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagram, we're all over the place. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, that's a show.